Hello, and welcome to episode number four of Feedback on Unwind Media. I'm Rob Attrell, and every month I sit down with talented Ottawa musicians, Damien and Biel. Today we'll be discussing the history of music. Damien and Biel will also be playing a couple covers for us, as usual. I should mention that today's episode is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial by visiting audible.unwindmedia.com. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from, uh, and you can listen on your iPhone, Android, or tablet device. Uh, so, BL, let's start with you. How's your weekend going? Pretty good, thanks. How's yours? Fantastic. It's, Wicked. Uh, it's good so far. This yeah. is a good start. Mm-hmm. Awesome, man. <laughs> How about you, Damien? It's going well. Did a lot of fun things yesterday. And feeling a bit tired today, but it's worth it. (laughs) Luckily, music tends to calm people. Mm -hmm. They say it soothes the savage beast. And uh, (laughs) hopefully talking about it will do the same thing for us. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Which one of us is the savage beast? Well, I said us as in all of us. A collective? Yeah, everybody. Yeah. Uh, So today I mentioned we're going to be talking about the history of music and Mm -hmm. specifically... Our, how music has shaped us. And uh, so once again, I'll be offering the non-musical perspective, but because I've had a lot of music shape my upbringing and my musical tastes and the, sort of a lot of things to do with my personality. And you guys as musicians and as just people who enjoy music have obviously also had a lot of influences and a lot of things shape your musical taste. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Sure. So uh, I guess first off, Maybe just start with an easy sort of question to get the ball rolling. Um, and Damien, I'll start with you. What is your favorite musical act? Um, so we're talking bands, solo Band acts. Band solos, yeah, everything. So above all, to be completely cliche, is the Beatles. Um, uh, so, yeah, I just think that they... <clears throat> they 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 came in and 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 changed the game and a lot of other people did too and perhaps the beatles at the risk of uh contradicting myself and being <laughs> being disappointed in myself later perhaps the beatles received like a lot like a little bit too much recognition because there were also a lot of people around the same time who were experimenting just as much but maybe marketing wise didn't receive so much uh so much attention, but, um, I just think that the Beatles were great. Um, uh, like that these four guys could just get together and do the things that, and their producer and their guest musicians that they had to get together and just do things that people still sing today and people recognize today. And so, yeah, for me, it's the Beatles. Um, but I have a lot of favorite acts, but above all Beatles. Okay. We'll get more into the other ones. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) BL. Man, that's such a difficult question it to answer, really particularly for me. Um, I mean, I, wow. So many genres, so many talented people, people who are really good at making catchy music, people who are like classically trained and talented, people who are good singers and pianists. I really don't know how to answer that question, to be completely honest. Uh, depends on my mood, really. Okay, if you like, had to pick one that sort of takes the majority of the time... Is there, is there? Oh no! I go in like phases for sure. There but you like? I don't. But you like Alter Bridge. Alter Bridge has been a mainstay for the last, I mean, three or four years. I really respect their work as well. But like, mm-hmm. I mean, 
They're you, fantastic. Yeah, you'd have a hard time saying they're your favorite of all of, time of ever. Favorite. Yeah, okay. no, I have definitely obsessive phases for sure. But right now, Alter Bridge seems to be up there. Yeah. All right, we'll have to get more into that then. Yeah. Uh, for me, I think I wanted to sort of go more modern, but I think I have to go a little bit. Someone who's had a longer thing. Uh, a first, the first thing that popped in my head was Ed Sheeran, just because I can listen to his music since I first heard of him and first heard him. I've been able to listen to his music literally any time. Uh, but I think in terms of overall, my, throughout my entire life, it's been Justin Timberlake. Wow. Um, JT. Yeah. Mm. Every, everything he's done musically uh, <laughs> as a solo artist, I should add. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not that I don't like NSYNC, but uh, everything he's done solo, I've just absolutely eaten up. Yeah. And uh, yeah, since he, he took a break there for a, a really long, long time, time but long. he's back now. And yeah. Making music, singing. Yeah. I'm happy to have him back. Yeah. So along that lines, uh, there's a question in here that when we came up with this topic that just sort of sprung to mind, what's, and it's a quick one, what is the first CD you remember buying or was given, like the first CD you played in, in your household? I definitely remember the first CD that I bought with my own money, Mm -hmm. uh, which is No Doubt's Tragic Kingdom, because at the time, I think... Big Shiny Tunes 2 was was a big hit, and around that time, uh, no doubt, got a lot of good press, a lot of good coverage on their CD. And I remember borrowing the CD from my older brother's friend, and I loved it so much that I knew I had to have a copy. So I remember that. But in terms of the first CDs I've ever heard, it's probably something that I heard from my parents, probably like 80s, 90s, Canto Pop, very likely. Okay. For me, I, the the first CD I remember buying is actually it, actually it's funny that you mentioned In Sync um, because I uh, this is their counterpart. I think I remember buying Millennium by Backstreet Boys. That was my first CD, and I mean I think that boy bands had and have uh, sort of a significant influence in popular culture and in music. Like just like recently, I've been listening to a lot of. Uh, 90s music and and early 2000s music and just I don't know if it's a nostalgic factor but like now that I'm playing music more often and now that I'm a a little bit more uh, mature in my musical taste and older I can actually like go back and like analyze the music a little bit more in depth and there are some good tunes yeah like apart from labeling it as a boy band or a (laughs) pop star or whatever like there was a lot of good things going on there. Um, so I remember Millennium being just absolutely amazing. And then a subsequently Black and Blue mm, by the Backstreet Boys yeah. was a really good album, too, I thought. Um, and I don't know. I, I feel like that kind of stuff, no doubt, and, and like Backstreet Boys and like stuff like that, I feel like that just hit us at the right time in our lives, which I suppose is like maybe the entire underlying premise to this, to this episode. It's yeah. just like... These are some, these are songs and these are albums that that really stuck with us and shaped who we are and mm-hmm. solidified our love for music. Like those songs and those albums that just hit us at the right time in our life. Yeah, I really think so because I mean, ever since No Doubt, I've been really what's the word partial to the rock band format. Right. You know, drums, guitar, bass, singer. Um, that format has always appealed to me, so I think it started really, really early on. 
Um, so it definitely influences the way you see music or what you define as um, quote-unquote good music or music that you enjoy for sure. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's interesting to me that it, you can make a connection with someone based off of, for example, reminiscing about music tastes when you were younger. Um, Millennium was also the first CD that I ever owned. What? Awesome. Uh, and I, I have honestly listened, like this is obviously before iTunes, before any of that existed yeah. and before you even put music on your computer. Uh, I have probably listened to that album several hundred times, if not like a thousand times when, it, when that's the only CD you have and right. you're listening yeah. to it, like it's just the right time. Yeah. It just, I, I, I don't think the current generation growing up is going to get that same experience because there's so many streaming services and that kind no. of stuff. But if you have radio and one CD or like yes. three CDs, you're going to listen to that. All the time. My Linkin Park CD case is so like broken because <laughs> I kept opening and closing it and like listening to it. I think like the laser must have poked a hole through the yeah. disc. Like, <laughs> that that album, Hybrid Theory, was th- another big one in my life for sure. And that just yeah, you're yeah, right. I mean, we we've, we've touched upon it in in previous episodes and, and like how we access music and the way that we access music has changed so much since then, but. But I just remember like the whole experience of like going into the store and purchasing which a CD. store? Do you remember which store? Like HMV or something yeah, like yeah. that. Like you go to HMV and you purchase this CD and it's like, yeah. You, then you then you have like a whole like I had a CD tower and I like I was <laughs> I was I, I was really prideful on like how many CDs I had and just like putting them and organizing them in my CD tower. I don't think that people really do that anymore. I mean, me personally, I've kind of jumped back a bit to vinyl. Like yeah. I'm really, really, um, I really love vinyl and like, like to collect vinyl. But I think at that point for us, like CDs were such a big deal and you're right. Like you would just play them over and over and over again. And between CDs, the radio and like, uh, much music or something like that. Like it was just always some, some really, really good music. Um, yeah. But now it's different. And and that's fine, too. I mean, it's fine. You know, artists and people say that artists are suffering in terms of, like, um, sales and, like, CD sales and stuff like that. But, uh, I mean, you can get you can buy music online and yeah. it's really simple. And but uh, just that, just having that CD and just having that little booklet that in the CD with all the is, lyrics <laughs> yeah. and the thank yous. I read the thank yous. I really yeah. enjoyed that. Put a kind of a human uh element into it because you often forget because they're only like voices coming out of a little box that's making sound yeah but there's a human being behind that or many human beings behind that and the book that was a reminder that they have people to thank and you know it's yeah. kind of human yeah i i really love the cd and i and i like as a format that gives you something tangible it's really great because it's not very big it's pretty cheap to get a cd player that has decent speakers decent sound but I'm having a really hard time thinking back to high school and maybe a little bit earlier. Man, it was really, it must have been a really expensive lifestyle. I don't remember it, but like getting, that's at the age where you're getting allowance. Like you don't have yeah. a, necessarily have a job yet. And CDs were not cheap. They're still not cheap, but it's like $10, $15 each. Yeah. I don't know how that was sustainable because I had this massive CD collection. But then wouldn't it make sense that you would be very, very careful on what you select to purchase? Then? Yeah, like It would make that CD even more special because you had only 20 bucks to spare to, to spend on the one thing rather than like all of YouTube to Google or yeah. to, to, yeah. to find your song. So I think 
that's part of it too, perhaps. It definitely does. Made it more special. I definitely asked for uh, CDs for, for a birthday and Christmas and things like that. And um, I don't know. Yeah, any. it depends on what your, your priorities are. Like, if you only get so much for your allowance or, you know, whatever, um, and, and you choose to, to spend it on CDs, then I think that's a that's a great thing. But you're right, like, they're not cheap, and they, they weren't cheap. And, like, so, yeah, how did we... How did we gain access to see like friends? You would borrow them from friends, or uh, you know, parents would give them to you for gifts and things like that. But uh, I would record them on cassette tapes, like mixtapes, <laughs> where like literally mixtapes were a thing that I yeah. I tried that, but it never. I never actually managed to get it working. I just didn't really. To the okay. younger listeners, we probably sound so old right now. <laughs> yeah, so, so children, <laughs> kids, but like, young yeah, people. Recording them on tapes. Oh, yeah. Cassette tapes. I would have wow. the cassette tape primed and ready. Yeah. Uh, and people, BC people will remember this, a little older. 95.3 Z, I think ZFM or something like that. And I would wait there till they counted down to the song that I wanted, and right. then press record yeah. to, to capture the song that I really wanted. And I didn't realize people were doing that so much, but that's yeah. really that's really a thing. And, and and people, yeah, people were recording the radio. I mean, you might as well like it's it's free, yeah. um, you know. And uh, but that yeah, a lot of people seem to have to have done. I never did it myself because I probably wasn't that tech savvy at yeah. the time to do that. But um, that's a really cool concept. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, this is all, for the younger listeners, this is all just like a very old section of the episode right now. Yeah. Old, I mean, like mature and like nostalgic. We're, we're also very young people in the grand we, scheme of in things. In the grand scheme of things, we're very young. But so, And that's the thing is like so much has changed in such a little amount of time. It's been a small amount of time and, you know, so many things have changed and how we access music has changed. But We've spoken about that before, so yeah. if you want to hear more about that, probably go back and find one of the previous episodes. Yeah. Uh, so, I guess one of the things that came to mind when we started talking about the history of music is music obviously had a strong influence on all of us growing up, but do you guys, like, is your music taste similar to now as to what it was when you were growing up? Has it shifted dramatically has there sort of been a gradual do you bounce around is because I, I noticed for myself growing up in my teenage years through the beginning of university my musical tastes were were really divided I, half my music was sort of alternative stuff like train um i'm trying to like panic at the disco uh oh, the killers killers but then the other half was like ludicrous and jay-z and yeah. Like a lot of pretty, in retrospect, pretty different hip hop. Like yeah. it's it's very different side of the spectrum. But I loved both at the same time. Uh, do you guys like what kind of genres did you listen to growing up? And did, uh, does it shift? Did it change? Or I think just from my memory of things, I've always liked very different music. I mean, growing up in a household where Cantonese and Mandarin songs were a mainstay, you know, on weekends while my parents did chores, that automatically made the heck of a difference too. But they listened to a lot of oldies, you know, Elvis and Beatles and things like this, classical music. Mm-hmm. Um, so the canto pop that I mentioned before, but as I grew up, you know, Boys to Men and As Yet, Brian McKnight, like R&B, 
kind of styled music and Destiny's Child when they came about. Yeah. I don't think the the thing that maintained I think throughout the years for myself is that I never turned down an opportunity to listen to something and if I like right. it I like it. I never really tried to put any genres and boxes per se. So I wouldn't say it'd be hard, I'd be hard pressed to say one format stuck except for maybe that rock and roll sort of sound. Right. But I would say the same and perhaps for slightly different reasons. I mean, I think we're all just like anything else musically we're all a product of our environment and so like growing up my dad would play records and or or he would play the oldies radio like while my my parents were working around the house and and so you know i listened to a lot of otis redding and percy sledge and the jackson five and michael jackson and the beatles and the rolling stones and the beach boys and like stuff like that on oldies radio and that was sort of like before i really knew what music was or like what real music was and then like as you grow older i mean first of all you're in a time of exploration in every aspect of your life and so you're gonna go through you're gonna try and look for different things that are sort of pleasing to the ear and you're gonna you're gonna explore things even musically and so um like growing up i would basically listen to what my friends would listen to which is you know you would listen to the boy bands or you know christina aguilera britney spears or you might listen to Ludacris and jay-z and 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 whatever everybody else was listening to or whatever was on much music or, you know, something like that, that's, that's what I would listen to. But I didn't really, my, it, I think my, the advent of my true appreciation, appreciation for music didn't really happen until like grade 11 or like grade 12 for like good, good music, not just what everybody else was listening to. Right. Like I remember like first time listening to like Led Zeppelin I was just like this is amazing and like the first time I really got in like I always knew Beatles songs but like the first time I really got into Beatles the Beatles I was actually like in like my first year of university when uh, actually Across the Universe came out and like I really love that movie and I, yeah. and I really think that it's fantastic and I think they did a good job with the Beatles songs but then I just went after that movie and I really tried to like look into Beatles music more and, and I was just like what like this is this is so crazy and so I think it's hard to for me personally like I I like all almost all types of music with the exception of maybe country but that's like a whole other thing like, <laughs> uh oh <laughs> you've made some I'm enemies. stirring the pot yeah I'm stirring the pot a little bit but but I mean I well I think all types of music has its place and but um but it's definitely grown. I've grown with the music. The the music has grown uh, with me, and and it's just I. Yeah, it's been it's been a lot of different genres, a lot of different things, depending on who I am at that point in my life, and who I'm surrounding myself with at that point in my life as well. Like there was a time in my life where I listened to a lot of rap music. Yeah, um, and all of us me did. Too. Yeah, so, you know, no matter if you were from the projects as it were, or if you were from suburbia, like yeah. you were listening to, but there was a time too, where I got really into like blink One Eighty Two, and I got really into green day. I remember right. Mi- green day was great. Green day is well, still great. American idiot. Like yeah. American idiot. Yeah. When I first heard that, like that I, album was, yeah. I was so blown away. I was like, how can so much awesome be in one album? Like it was so, so great. And I remember visiting friends in New York city and, 
they, you know, they lived in a black neighborhood and they were all black and they listened to rap music and I was trying to like show them Blink-182. Right. And they were like making fun of me. They were like, what is with you? Like, what do they listen to in Canada? Like, what kind of, <laughs> like even the black people listen to Blink-182? And, uh, but anyway, so I think it, it definitely grows with who you are. I, but we might not ever want to listen to the adult contemporary type of stuff like that that might be we might be a little bit too young to like really really love Barry Manilow or like Tony Bennett yeah or you know something like that Tom Jones but yeah but it's not unusual (laughs) (laughs) always the Joker
mentioned parental influence which i hadn't really thought about in terms of this the sort of history of where music came from and my dad had this really big stereo system he was the one that had a tower like i had i had the the sleeves of pages of sleeves of uh, cds but my dad had a tower and like i again like you got introduced to the beatles later so there are a lot of Beatles songs that I don't even recognize or know. I first was introduced to the the Beatles repertoire with when the number one album came out. Right. We have it. My parents have it at their house, and I have a copy of it. But so I'm so familiar with those songs, and there are some others that have sort of broken through into my into my like conscious mind, and that I listen to on a regular basis. But there are so much of their catalog is just completely unknown to me, and. I find it very strange, and, and maybe we can talk about this more, but the, the idea that something can mean so, so, so much to you personally, and then you try to talk to other people about it who, who say they're, they're fans of music, and you just get no reaction. Yeah. And so the example that comes to mind is Prince. Yeah. I, I don't know anything. I know very little about Prince. I've seen him on SNL. I've seen him at the Super Bowl. And I saw him, he was in New Girl last season. Yeah. Um, but he means nothing to me. Like, I don't get any emotional reaction from Prince. But Damien, you've mentioned that, like, Prince has a huge influence on you. And, like, he's he's a really important musician. He's, I wouldn't say personally on me he has a huge influence. But Prince definitely has an influence in yeah. the music industry. More so than I think people who are not in the music industry no, right. like if you're just someone who's just in a like you just appreciate music rather than really like study music and and different uh, styles and things like that. Like you might not know that Prince is incredible and he's incredibly talented. And I don't, yeah. I wouldn't ever say that I'm like an expert on Prince. Um, I've heard 
a lot of his hits, I would say. Right. I'm, I have I don't have any of his albums, but like I've heard a lot of his songs, and I've heard and I've seen some stuff like like the the one time I really really fell in love with Prince was actually when he was playing a Beatles song when he came out, and I forget what it was for, but he came out and he did the guitar solo for "While My Guitar Gently Weeps." That was in like that. Oh my goodness! That I couldn't even I couldn't even like form a, a coherent sentence. Like I I can't right now. Just right. thinking about it. Yeah. Like it was so so good, and I think that people just have a lot of respect for Prince. But I think that like he doesn't care. He probably knows how talented he is, so he's not going to go that extra mile to try and convince people how talented he is. Right. Which is probably maybe in some small way working against him because like people don't appreciate Prince as much as they should. Right. Um, and now I'm going on this whole Prince and like tirade, but I, I I think that he's incredibly influential, incredibly talented, in the same way that I think that Beck is incredibly influential and incredibly yeah. talented. Like in the music industry, Beck is very well respected. And like when he won Album of the Year at the Grammys, people were like, Who the heck is Beck? Like right. I don't even know who that person is. But he's been at it for a long time, and he's a very talented guy. And I'm glad that he won Album of the Year. I'm yeah. glad that he ruffled a few feathers so people, <laughs> so he'll be on people's minds now. Because there are just a few, again, whether it's like through a marketing mi- mishap or whether they just don't care about their public image. Like there are a few musicians out there who are so so talented and who don't get the the uh, the recognition that oh, they definitely, require. Definitely, I'm thinking. I think you're going to guess what I'm going to say, but if it wasn't for Daft Punk, Nile Rodgers would not be put on the map as he is today. Today, And yeah. you'll go back and listen to things like, I think Chic was one. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of 70s and 80s, like disco pop hits that you would never know it was Nile Rodgers unless you're in the business or you knew your stuff, you know? And you, people like him who kind of created all these like catchy tunes that no one has even you know, heard of, but thanks yeah. to some stroke of luck or some, um, not coincidence, I don't want to call it a coincidence, but fate, as it were, mm-hmm. you know, kind of projected them into the limelight, and I think that's really cool. Well, I think it's great for young artists today, or, like, more relevant artists today, let's say, to to kind of bring people of yesteryear back into the limelight that way, like... I, I don't know if you guys watch the Grammys. I watched the Grammys um, in its entirety this year. And what the one thing that I really loved about it was that you had Lady Gaga singing with Tony Bennett. You had Hosier singing with Annie Lennox. You had Usher singing. Well, Stevie Wonder was playing the harmonica while Usher was singing a okay. Stevie Wonder song. And, you know, things like that. Like Ed Sheeran played with John Mayer and Herbie Hancock. Oh, like wow. that. And then he went up and played with Jeff Lynne from ELO. Like that. That it's so great when musicians of uh, another era can meet up with musicians of this era and and create great great things. Um, so now Rogers and, and and Daft Punk is another awesome example of that because Daft Punk obviously know their stuff. They obviously knew what sort of what sort of uh, uh, feeling they were going for uh, for Random Access Memories and 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 they obviously hunted out Nile Rodgers because he's like the king of that kind of funky guitar style playing style and he's done a lot of those um, iconic songs and people don't even know that that was Nile Rodgers that's the beauty of it it's not the searing solo that kind of 
jumps out at you. It's that catchy kind of thing that it not not that it's simple by any means, but I think it's elegant in its simplicity is what I want to say. Where right. it's, it's a subtle sort of approach, and he's explained it in technical terms using thirteens and sevens or whatever. But all you really need to know is that he's taken something quite simple and made it his own, and has a level of kind of simple elegance. Yet it's different from the way I would approach something that right. makes it that like yeah. catchy. Right. We. We've talked in, in a group uh, offline about how musicians are sort of <laughs> being thrust into the modern limelight uh, when they've been very successful in the past and sort of getting reintroduced to new audiences, young audiences, and how weird that is. But it, I don't think that's really a new thing. I think it might be more visible when it does happen because of things like social media. These stories get bounced around. Um, but that's been happening. That always happens. You, If anyone listens to something that they've never heard before that's from a different era, they're going to go, oh, wow, I've never heard of this guy before. He's really amazing. I love this music. Why isn't he more popular? And then you go and look at like his Wikipedia page and you see that he's won awards and he's been touring all over the world. It's it's kind of crazy how that happens. And it is, it is crazy. I mean, I think we all sort of get caught into our and caught up in our own special little world and like we don't we don't know that all of this is happening outside and and like so my 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 one example is like when people saw Paul McCartney uh perform with Kanye West and people on Twitter like or so, somewhere he was on like maybe with Dave Grohl like a couple of years ago like Paul McCartney and like Foo Fighters did something mm-hmm. at the Grammys or something and like people were just like who's this Paul McCartney like these are real tweets that happen like who yeah. is Paul McCartney and at first, and still a little bit to this day, I was, like, very upset that people didn't... Because even even though I just said that, like, the Beatles... Um, like, I, I truly became, like, a Beatles lover in, like, maybe first year university, which is back in, like, 2006, I n- always knew who John, Paul, George, and Ringo were. Like, right. I... Yeah. Because they were embedded in popular culture for... They, and they had been for the past, like, 50 years. Yeah. Um, but... So I was really, really frustrated when people were like, who is Paul McCartney? Uh, But then I started to think, and I read somewhere like, is it our fault that these people don't know who Paul McCartney is? Like, is it the fault of, like, when I think about what we just described is like how we got introduced to sort of older artists and we were listening to them because our parents were listening to them. And like our, my dad, uh, is he's not a musician per se, but he is very passionate about music. So he would when 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 a man loves a woman by Percy Sledge came on, he was always just like, man, Percy Sledge. I tell you, like that guy had a really great voice. And like when sitting on the dock of the bay, like by Otis Redding came on, like same sort of thing. And he would like sing along. And so as a kid, I would just like see my dad like completely jam out to this music, and I'd be like, wow, like this person must be really really important. Like my dad, someone who I admire a great deal, admires that person. So maybe I should like remember this person. But maybe parents these days or or influential people in younger people's lives don't take the time to be like, listen, you're going to find out at some point. You might as well find out here that 
the Beatles are amazing, that the Rolling Stones are a thing, okay? Okay, and the Beatles are amazing, the Rolling Stones are also a thing. Also amazing, the Rolling Stones are also amazing, and you know, you know, maybe, maybe that's what it is, I mean, because we can't possibly know what we don't know you right. know like you, you you can't expect a child to grow up and just inherently know who paul mccartney is no, someone has to not. teach that child who yeah. paul mccartney is um so i think it's i think it's probably my my opinion on the whole thing has shifted in that like perhaps it's not uh their duty to just up and know like it's it's our duty to kind of create the environment that allows for them to really appreciate this good music or else it's going to be lost forever. Like, like I said, they're not coming out of the womb knowing who Prince is or, or knowing, you know, who, uh, Roy Orbison is like, we have to teach them that. Um, so yeah. Or, I mean, we say young people or to, you know, we got to teach one another. Like sometimes you just don't know these things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, absolutely. I mean, for you, BL, you, you were born in Hong Kong and spent you you came to Canada and then, fourth, and then yeah. you went back to Hong Kong yeah, for a right. bit right yeah. and so some of the times like when the band when Sons of Pluto is deciding to cover a song um, and they're like oh yeah that's such a great song sometimes BL doesn't know what that song is right. and the the knee jerk reaction is just like you don't know what that song like you've never heard of this well, that person. happens with movies too to be fair <laughs> oh, yeah. Any, yeah or book any kind of yeah. pop culture yeah. yeah but it's it's just you know that you grew up in a different area in a different environment yeah. where like different artists were like you probably know a lot of different artists that I don't know you know but it's just because you're here and you're living here and everybody else on this more or less is on the same plane when it comes to like things like music and, and movies that we've seen or books that we've read. But, um, yeah, some people just don't know. Like it depends on where you grew up. It depends on when you grew up. It depends on with whom you grew up. Like, or how much you want to explore and Google. Yeah. These things. I mean, like, it's it, just even yeah. as simple as that. Like people like people who like music are going to go seek it out, but the odds are the first thing they're going to find is pop music of the day. They're not going to find back catalogs of stuff. No. Um, and this, this whole discussion has got me thinking, um, and I, 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 this is all simultaneously a really obvious opinion and yet also probably going to be a fairly unpopular one. But I think we should appreciate Kanye West more. <laughs> uh, and let me I, explain. <laughs> wait, hold up. My question is Kanye West, the person or Kanye West, the musician? Kanye West, specifically Kanye West, the producer. Ah, <laughs> because wow. yeah. the, the way that the way that I've been introduced to quite a bit of old music is through sampling that yes, Kanye and true. lots of other artists yes. do. And I mean, it was in the late 80s, if I'm not mistaken, in my timeline in the 90s that sampling first, like electronic sampling started to really take a hold in the hip hop community, in the rap community. Um, and I've been introduced to so many songs through hip hop, them being sampled by hip hop. Like the one that jumps to mind when you're talking about Otis Redding, the Oof. song Otis. Otis is such a good song. I love that song. And when it first came out, I was uh, like not really having any sort of way to put it in context and not having only really heard of Otis Redding through uh, sitting on the dock of the bay. Uh, I... I was like, oh man, he recorded this like really great part for it. And then I find out, no, this is just, this was a really long time ago. And 
but it's incorporated into pop music so well yeah that it it almost fe- it feels right it feels yeah. like an entire it's an entirely new thing and you don't even need the the history of it to actually have it be yeah. important and good i yeah. l- i love sampling i think sampling is great and i was actually listening to the history of rock with alan cross and uh he was talking about the beastie boys and how the Beastie Boys, uh, they started out actually as a punk band. And then they kind of gradually went, and this is like in the late 80s, like they, they kind of gradually went into, not the late 80s, actually. The, Be- the Beastie Boys were like around since like 1982 or something. <laughs> like, and I didn't know that they were around that long. Right. But when they first started, they were a, ba- they, they were a punk band, kind of like, like The Clash or like kind of like... Uh, um, the Ramones, like they kind of sounded okay. like that because Alan Cross played like one of their earlier songs. And then they started getting into sort of more hip hop side of things and they started sampling and they sampled like ACDC Thunderstruck and <laughs> like ACDC, like they actually ended up getting uh, sued for it or something like that because like ACDC was completely against sampling at the time. And then he said that like in 2004, they ended up being in the same place at the same time as ACDC and like. Um, ACDC was just like, oh, no, it's fine. Like, you can do whatever, like, tw- 22 years later or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're like, no, no, yeah, do whatever you want. Because maybe it's because, like, the Beastie Boys then, like, skyrocketed from, like, this no- little-known group to, like, you know... Superstar number, yeah. I guess. Superstar yeah. number. I think sampling is a great thing. I think sampling makes older songs more relevant. The thing about Otis specifically is that it's like almost the same. There are like two parts that they sample from that song. And it's like, maybe, maybe it's the whole repetitiveness of the thing, but it sounds so, so cool. It does. Um, and I think the song that they sample is Try a Little Tenderness. Yeah, it is. And, uh, and it just that the repetitiveness of that makes it seem like it like just adds to the beat. Like it really like embeds itself in like the whole structure of the song. And I, and Kanye West, I think is a great, first of all, I agree that we should appreciate him as an artist and producer more. Yeah. He's got a little work to do. He, personality uh, wise, yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, um, maybe that comes from the fact that he has a huge ego because he's so talented. I'm not sure, maybe. but yeah. he's very good at, uh, at sampling songs. And I remember like in his earlier work, like, uh, you know, college dropout and late registration, like he sampled songs a lot, a lot. And like through the wire, um, is a great example of that. Like through the wire was, I, I absolutely loved it. And I think it's, yeah, I think really it's great. like Shaka Khan that he's sampling. And it's like through the wire, and it, it like just listening to that I was like I was always just like yes like I was like really really feeling it and I think maybe also kind of what we were discussing before like it's probably also the responsibility of artists today to also like introduce maybe through sampling um, older artists to the newer generation right. as well because some people are gonna go like I remember when Kanye came out with Gold Digger. And he sampled Ray Charles um, for uh, I Got a Woman. And he got, I think he got Jamie Foxx, who at the time was playing Ray Charles in Ray, to do like the intro. And then he, you know, sampled Ray Charles. And I remember playing at like my parents' like anniversary party or something. I played some Ray Charles because I had the CD. And like one of the younger people, when I Got a Woman came (laughs) on, and it was like, she take my money or she give me money is the actual yeah. thing but he like kind of cocked his head and he was just like what 
And it was kind of like, I recognize that from somewhere. Like, and it's like, I saw the realization on his face that like, this is an actual song that like is from Ray Charles and is not. And that's the danger of sampling or the danger of like remaking songs is that people start to think like that, that artist came up with it themselves. Right. When it's like a remake of like just last night when we were at uh, three brewers, uh, Africa by Toto came on. Yeah. And one of our friends was saying, like, oh, I thought Carl Wolf did this song. Like, I didn't know. I didn't, yeah. I, I didn't know that Toto was a band that they actually yeah. did the song. Like, so that's the danger of it is that, like, you kind of redo or revamp a person's song without actually saying, like, actually, this is this person's song. Like, I'm only right. doing a cover out of respect for that person kind of thing. Yeah. But sampling's a really good way to make older songs relevant again, I think, for sure. Yeah. There's a, there was another one that was, oh, I can't remember. Um, but Jim Class Heroes turned into Cupid's Chokehold that was playing last night as well. Yeah. Like there, there's yeah. so many really great. Was that a super just, tramp? Yeah, I think yeah. it was. Yeah. Um, it, it It's so funny because that's another one where, like, it, when you know what sampling is and you're sort of aware of it, you can think to yourself, oh, that's, that's a sample of something, but you have no idea what it is. And most of the time you don't care to go look up what, what is actually being sampled, yeah. which is kind of too bad, but at the same time, it's sort of, it's sort of, I, I, I find it hard to say it's bad because otherwise you're either getting no exposure or you're getting minimal exposure to the song you made. And if, if you go and tell someone about it, like no one's gonna. I mean, I guess you could go into the thing where you have, if you have a group of people that nobody knows where it's from, everyone just sort of gets into their mind that um, it's by the second artist or the second band. But oftentimes you'll get someone who knows music and who knows the original will just correct you, and then you'll go, "Oh, that's really cool. I didn't know that." Mm-hmm. Sampling is yeah, it's weird, but I really like it in music. Yeah, and I think it's uh, it's a it's a very creative way to kind of reintroduce or re- renew an old idea um for sure i wonder how people choose what they're gonna sample like bound to by <laughs> kanye west let's not talk about the the, the i'm video. only talking about the parody video <laughs> <laughs> you know not 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 discussing the video or the parody video the song i think is cool because like on an album like, I, I'm not sure where Kanye's head was at when he released Yeezus. Like, I, right. I I don't know. But, like, Bound 2, I think, is the last song on the album. And, like, it kind of is kind of a throwback to his older yeah, stuff. Because he samples a song and it's kind of like a little bit more of like an R&B and rap kind of feel like was in his first two albums. And uh, But I think he samples, like, I think it's like a Patsy Cline song or something like that. And it's just like... Where did Kanye come up with the idea of like, like what process leads him to choosing these songs, which songs to sample? Like, does he just hear it on the radio or he just hears it? And cause he's a musician, so he's going to hear, right. he's going to have access to a lot of different types of music. And does he just hear it? And it's just like that split second. It's just like, whoop, yep. I need that in a song, you know, like I don't, I don't know because like sometimes it's just like, where did these people find these songs? Like, how did they come to, to think that, or know that this song needs that sample right. in it? But I mean, it's really interesting beyond its sampling. what it reminds me of this is this whole debacle, um, this year's Grammys with Sam Smith and, uh, 
and Tom Petty. That's right. And so in that circumstance where it's not sampling, but it's a song that sounds really similar, right. I mean, what are your guys' stance on... I mean, musically speaking, there's only what? How many notes in Western music? 12? Yeah. 11? Something like that? Something. And then you can only arrange them in a limited amount of ways that sound quote unquote pleasant. Obviously, if you're in jazz, jazz students out there might want to push that boundary a little bit. But yeah, right. for all intents and purposes, there's only a limited amount of structures that sound good. So if you yeah. run into that, like, what do you guys think about? either deliberate maybe, or accidental sound alikes. Maybe I'll start and then Damien can tell me how much I'm wrong. But <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, cuz you know so much more about music, like music theory than I do. But I feel like in there are certain ways like you guys talked to believe it was in the songwriting episode. You guys talked about like you're you're playing out a song, sort of sounding out as yourself and you take it to to the group or the band and there's like oh that's this song you just wrote that song. <laughs> uh it I think it, to a certain extent, the music you make has to reflect your taste. It has to reflect what you've already heard. So in a certain way, like everyone has heard, if, it, if it's as little as the first two or three notes of a song, or it's like the chorus or something, you've heard a song that goes like, that just makes you think of the other, the, on an older song. But, and the, the, the artist probably heard that older song. Right. But it's not... It's not necessarily like I wouldn't say it's copying them. Mm-hmm. It's more like being influenced by them. And so that's the kind of line you have to kind of yeah. navigate as an artist, right? Yeah, you can be influenced, but you don't never want to. I mean, you never want to be the guy that copied someone else. You know, you want to be original, but you're absolutely right, right? You get influenced. How do you kind of yeah navigate play that, that game and navigate that? I think. Well, I think what you said was a hundred percent accurate Rob yeah but you're right like there's only so much that that you can that you can do um and I mean now in 2015 I mean I feel like the 60s and 70s were a really huge time of exploration and 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 um and experimentation with with music and sort of the the rate at which someone is producing something that's actually like genuinely new is is slowing down i think bit by bit every every year because like we're we're in you're right like we're influenced by people who have gone before us and people who um who have a huge part in our life and and maybe our upbringing and so but you have to be yeah you have to be very very careful not to completely copy them or insult them by copying them and not giving them writing credits. Yeah. Like, and I or think copying them and doing a poor job and doing Holy a poor job. Cow. Yeah. I think Sam Smith, the whole Sam Smith and Tom Petty thing, like they were both very, very polite with each other. Right. And I think Tom Petty's response to paraphrase was just like, yeah, it happens sometimes, yeah. you know, but you know, we caught it or like someone caught it and they acknowledged it and they took care of it. And Sam, I don't think Sam really thought or knew that he was doing that. Um, and to me, it's not so obvious that it sounds like won't back down. Like it's yeah. not like so so right. obvious because like I, like listening to a lot of pop songs today, um, and I mean the note. I, I mean, I, I suppose like there's a difference between like the melody that Sam Smith was singing and when it's compared to the melody that Tom Petty is singing, yeah. and they're almost identical. But 
when I listen to pop music today, there seems to be four chord progressions that happen in pop music today. And I always, whenever I'm listening to a new pop song, I always try and like, just like as a little test, I'm just like, which chord progression are they using now? Like it's, I don't know. There's, there's only so much you can do. and, And it's probably harder for new artists because like, it's all been done before. Yeah. So yeah. like what, what can I offer now? That's something new that someone will actually want to listen to. I, I don't know. And when I'm writing a song, um, I always, I'm always worried that it's someone else's song. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I, I don't know. We yeah. always love to play the mashup game. So it's exactly yeah. the game that you, you're, you're describing like in the radio and stuff, but we usually play with a band. I don't, we never called it as such, but I'll call it now the mashup game where someone would bring a song and then you try to see what you can sing over top of it, which would right. make it a mashup or hear something on the radio. Like, Oh, this sounds like this. And we can actually mash it up for our next yeah. show. Right. It's a mashup game. It's yeah. kind of like, yeah. Mashup. I mean, we, we have this thing where it's like, and this, we haven't, actually done this live yet but so this is the debut of our (laughs) (laughs) we've never done this live but we do it as a band for fun where it's like lose yourself by eminem mixed with come together by the beatles mixed with uh holy grail by jay-z and justin timberlake um and and that sort of thing and even recently more recently what i've noticed i don't know if anybody has caught on to this is that lips are moving by megan trainer is almost the identical song to forget you by CeeLo green. Like it's just in a different key. The baseline right. is the same. The whole feel is the same. I hope I don't make trouble for Megan trainer because she's <laughs> a great young artist, but, um, but I, you know, that's it. It's, there's going to be overlap. There's right. always going to be overlap. It's just like, if it's so close that you should probably acknowledge the other person, then definitely acknowledge the other person. And if the other person is, kind enough that they're not going to take you to court over it. Right. Because again, like for someone coming up now, it's going to be really hard because everything has been done already. Um, yeah, I don't. For that white gold, this one for them hood girls, them big girls, straight masterpiece. Styling, wildin', leaving it up in the city. Got chucks on with Saint Laurent, gotta kiss myself, I'm so pretty. I'm too high, hot damn. Call a police and the fire, man. I'm too high, hot damn. Make a dragon wanna retire, man. I'm too high, hot damn. Say my name, you know who I am, too high. Hot damn, am I bad about that money drip down? Now girls hit your hallelujah, ooh, girls hit your hallelujah, ooh, hit your hallelujah, cause uptown phone don't give it to ya, uptown phone don't give it to ya, Saturday night we in the spot, don't believe it, just watch, come on. Just watch, don't believe me, just watch, don't believe me, just watch, hey, 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 oh, stop, 
Wait a minute. Fill my cup, put some liquor in it. Take a sip, sign a check. Julio, get the stretch. Ride to Harlem, Hollywood, Jackson, Mississippi. If we show up, we gon' show out. Smooth and a fresh jar, skippy. I'm too high, hot damn. Call the police and the fireman. I'm too high, hot damn. Make a dragon water retire, man. I'm too high, hot damn. Say my name, you know who I am. Too high, hot damn. And I'm dead about that money breakdown. Now girls hit you, hallelujah. Ooh, girls hit you, hallelujah. Ooh, hit your hallelujah. Cause uptown phone call, give it to ya. Uptown phone call, give it to ya. Saturday night, we in the spot. Don't believe me, just watch. Come on. Funk you up, uptown, funk you up, uptown, funk you up, uptown, funk you up, say it now, uptown, funk you up, uptown, funk you up, uptown, funk you up, uptown, funk you up, come on, dance, jump on it, if you flexy, then flown it, if you freaky, then flown it, don't brag about it, come show me, come on, dance, jump on it, if you sexy, then flown it, well, Saturday night, we in the spot, don't believe me, just watch, come on. I think people say a lot. I've also heard that um, lips are moving sounds suspiciously like all about that bass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely the same kind of new I mean, spin it's the same on a artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a new spin on like a duop kind of feel to yeah, and like a, it's like a pop duop mix. But it's you're right. Like it, it does sound. It seems like you could actually mash up all about that bass and lips are moving. I bet you Pretty if you easily. YouTube it, you yeah. can probably find someone's probably already someone's done already it. done it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway, there's a there's a YouTube video that I saw probably about three weeks ago now uh, that had it was talking about the state of country music and specifically male singing male singers in country music. And they took six different country songs that have come out in the last two years uh, and played them almost simultaneously. They lined them up. And found that you were able to you could leave at, at many point, like throughout the entire song, you could leave two or three parts of the song of the songs on 
and it just melded together perfectly. Like it, it could have all been the same song. Like it was the Yikes. exact same yeah. progression. It was the exact same everything. And obviously there are certain little things added, like you might add an extra guitar or you might add more drums or, or something like that. Yeah. But even the lyrics seem to sort of flow. Like if you, you could turn one lyric, one little track off and one on and it would just sort of still flow seamlessly. It's pretty interesting. I might, I'll go try to find a link and maybe put it in, but, uh, it, like it's all it, everything feeds everything else. The guy that made that video uh, put at the end of the video, he's like, so what I am going to do is I'm going to take that same sort of melody, write a seventh set of lyrics to it and send it to the record company being like, look, I followed your, I followed your, uh, your, <laughs> your formula. formula. Yeah, and, your formula. <laughs> here's yeah. the, here's the next song. <laughs> here's the next hit. Yeah. For you. Yeah. It's very, I, I, it's hard to say that that is wrong, but if you're doing it because you just don't want to think about it too much, like you're just trying to print out music as opposed to actually trying to make something that it comes from the heart and has emotion and feeling in it, it seems kind of, it just kind of cheapens it. It does. Yeah. There's definitely different levels of artistry in music. Like there's definitely the cash cow pop star or rock star that, like they're just there to make money. Like yeah. they're just there to sell the records for that one summer for that like huge song that they have. And then they'll move on to the next one. Like, um, not to, not to <laughs> step on anybody's toes, but like, I feel so, on some level that that's kind of like what Katy Perry is like. Like she has, a little bit, yeah. she has these hits that, you know, are really, really great and they're really catchy. But then, nobody's going to be singing them in like a year, you right. know, like, and then she's already moved on to the next hit. That's really good and really catchy. And I don't know. I, I, I often wonder if the music that we listen to today is going to have the same staying power as Jackson five right. or like, forget Jackson five for a second. Let's just like Michael Jackson. Yeah. Like, and I mean, to kind of semi segue into the a next thing is that like Michael Jackson has had a huge influence on a lot of artists and dancers uh, today. And even even like just music videos. Yeah. Like in Michael Jackson, music videos were so cool. Like I remember the first time I saw Thriller, I was probably 10 and it was on Halloween and I much music had um, this countdown and Michael Jackson was on it and I, it wasn't the full 13 minute music, like short film, sure. but, but I saw it and I was just like, I might as well have been like looking around being like, does anyone else know that this exists? <laughs> Am I the only one who like, I, I, I couldn't believe it. And it was, it was so cool. And so thriller is such a great album. Yeah. And thriller, the song is such a great album and everybody knows that song around Halloween, that song gets played and, and people, a lot of people know the dance and things like that. I wonder if 30 years from now, we're going to be singing the songs that are today. I, I mean, maybe because like we're singing, I love singing songs from the nineties. And like, oftentimes when we have a party with our friends, we often end up singing 90 songs, like at the top of our lungs near the end yeah. of the night. But I, I just don't know. What do you think? Like, because I, I just feel like people are just just churning out music at like an accelerated rate. And it is very formulaic. Like, it's very, you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, chorus, 
done. Like it's very, it's very set in the ways, a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And I just don't know if there's something like that we'll be singing 30 years from now. That's a really difficult question to answer. I mean, you're absolutely right in the sense of in general, uh, someone that is in the industry or is semi say interested in music, they'll know at least one Beatles song. That's the kind of staying yeah. power that they have. Yeah. 30 years later, will people be still singing firework or all about that bass? I'm not sure, but there are also for every one artist that we've mentioned, there are many, 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 many more in doing their work in classical and mm -hmm. jazz yeah. and who knows about them, right? So there's, it's just yeah. so, so sad that uh, that's the case, but it's our reality now that, uh, you know. A lot of people get, yeah, definitely. A lot of people get overlooked. There, um, yeah. Award shows get a lot of criticism uh, for being kind of in the moment when the, like in the last year right. and so people end up looking back at, at award shows like the Grammys and saying well you gave this song like you gave this uh, record best record of the year uh, and then five years or, or 20 years later it's just been forgotten about and there were there were like four or five other songs from that exact same year that exact same month of release that everyone or not everyone but the collective sort of pop culture knows and remembers and the one that won is just forgotten about it's sort of an afterthought but also just in the grand scheme of things in you know human recorded history could we remember something that was written like in the 15th century like I mean Beethoven there's a and couple those things, kids yeah. guys you'll know them or yeah. the you know a couple of things that way that you remember classically but I mean be before that does anybody remember so is it a just like a function of time taking its toll mm. on things or time and technology I mean yeah. now we can listen to things more and and things are a little bit more permanent now like when something is recorded it's it's going to be more or less permanent. That song isn't going to be lost. Someone's going to have that song somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I think that for, for award shows like the Grammys, I don't know. I don't know if, if seasoned musicians actually care about stuff like the Grammys yeah. or just the same way as like seasoned actors don't care about the Oscars. Like, because does it really mean that, much like I, I don't know how how the process for the Grammys and the Oscars go. I think is it a panel? Is it like an academy there's, that like chooses? Yeah, there's a there's a panel. They they call it the Academy. Um, I've actually heard that apparently the, there are a lot of panelists. Like first of all, they're all old white people yeah. on the Academy, but there there are people saying that this this past year that some of the members were bragging about how they hadn't watched any of the movies that they were picking. <sighs> it's just like. You can't take that process seriously if you no. if that's the case. No. Yeah. That's just... <laughs> but I I mean so I think that um like sometimes you look back at award shows and you're just like that one like that song won or this artist won as like best new artist or like most promising artist to watch and now yeah. we haven't I think it's just honestly in the context of that time like in the context context of this year um, I don't know. Sam Smith had a, a good year. He's having an even better year now, I guess, after winning like four Grammys. Yeah. But um, 
maybe maybe some people will remember Hosier and Ed Sheeran a little bit better. Yeah. Who knows than Sam Smith. So it does does it really and and the whole Kanye West and Beck thing too that happened after the Grammys. Kanye did a did a sort of a follow up interview and he tried to explain a little bit more what he meant or I guess maybe tried to change his tune a little bit more or something like that. But basically he said it's all just a joke and Beck shouldn't feel offended because Grammys don't actually mean anything. And so he said in the same way that he could keep his Grammy, he could have just given it to someone else because it doesn't really mean anything. Right. Like, and so it's hard to, it's like the night of music and like the award show for music, but it's hard to use the Grammys as like the benchmark for what's relevant and what will stay relevant because they'll just move on to the next thing the next year. You know, I don't think I'm not going to try to climb into Beck's head. I mean, I guess I kind of am, but to me, he's not uh, the kind of artist with the legacy and the career that he's had. He's not finally, he's won this award and now he's just like, now I'm content. Yeah. I've been making all this music, very little recognition in popular culture, but now that I won this Grammy, <laughs> I made it. <laughs> I'm yeah. here, baby. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's what he's like at all. I think uh, he's just a honest-to-goodness, true artist who uh, who loves his art. I think, was it the comparison that like Beyonce had a whole slew of producers and writers yeah. and stuff? And for Beck, it was like one producer, one writer, and and that was him. Yeah, he he did all of it, and just by that merit, I think that he deserves the album of the year because he. I listened to the album after the Grammys, like right. I listened like the day after or something, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's not I didn't go crazy for the album, but just like objectively speaking, I appreciated what he was doing, and. Yeah, I thought it was probably better than the other right. artists. Like, especially since he did it almost by himself. Yeah, you know, I thought it. I thought it was great. If if you watch the that moment in the award ceremony, back when when he sees Kanye get up and like go to talk into the mic, he's like, "Come on, no, no. come like, back yeah. up!" Yeah, and, and Beyonce is like, "No, Kanye, no." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh, really and I, and that's probably speaks to how gracious of a person Beck might be. He doesn't yeah. he doesn't seem like a person who has a lot of ego. No, he he just and that's what even Kanye West said. He's like Beck is incredibly respected and he's one of the nicest yeah. guys in music. He doesn't care that I'm doing this. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to hurt his feelings. Yeah. So yeah. What do you think, Bill? Any anything to add on that? Oh, it's, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's a good place to end. We're at about an hour, so cool. Is there anything else you guys want to want to say about the surface only? I know. I feel like I feel like this is a topic that we almost have to do a part delve two. more into. Yeah. Um, so we'll end with uh, with the question we have here for fun. Um, what would you say is your biggest guilty pleasure song? And we'll say right yes. now, as opposed to as opposed to throughout history, we'll just say like, what's the one thing that you would be embarrassed to tell people? I haven't been embarrassed to tell people about this, but if people didn't know me, they would think I'm like super annoying. But I always sing um, all about that bass and just that one line. And then <laughs> last year it was, hey, brother, yeah. and that would bug everybody. But <laughs> songs true. like that are super catchy. But right now, yeah, Megan Trainer, for sure. Yeah. Megan Trainer, okay. Right for now, me. for me, 
<sighs> when I'm listening to the radio, a guilty pleasure. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Do you want me to go first? You need some yes, please, time please to go reflect. first. Yeah, I, yeah. I have a few. I tend to like. I don't even feel guilty about it. Like I just, <laughs> I like objectively not not particularly high quality music. Sometimes um, I've been I've been known to sing Justin Bieber uh, either karaoke or at uh, or at open mics or various places uh, in public and private. Um, but right now, I think. Blank Space is probably my favorite. Just Taylor Swift tends to be for for male listeners tends to be one of the things that you don't want to yes. admit liking. But I, love I love that Blank song. Space, yeah. That is a fabulous song. But also Shake um, It Off. Sh- well, the whole yeah. album is. The whole, really, yeah. But I think Blank Space is my favorite. But uh, uh, Bang Bang by Nicki Minaj. I was just oh. gonna say Bang Bang. Like I I think that I'm always <laughs> just like. Yeah, you need a good guy to blow your mind. Your mind. Like yeah. it's just oh man, it's it's really cool. Bang Bang is good. Oh, another one, uh, Chandelier. I really like. I like Chandelier, Sia. but I think Sia's got for a like she's kind of pop, but she's like kind of like a deeper kind of pop. So oh, okay. yeah, but Chand- yeah. Chandelier is good, and I like um, Elastic Heart a lot by Sia. Um, bang bang! I was also I was gonna say blank space by Taylor Swift, but um, you know, I also enjoyed pop music 101. Yeah, by Mariana Trench. I thought that that was uh, a really just because it's kind of like a self aware song that's like making fun of pop music yeah. and like actually when we talked about how some songs are quite formulaic, like that's the whole premise of that yeah. song oh, is yeah. that like. To get a good pop song, this is what you need. Yeah. Let me tell you everything you need to know to make a hit. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was quite ironic that that was a huge hit, like in the summer especially. Yeah. It, um, I mean, they also incorporate lots of the musical styles. They're, they're sort of satiring, but they're literally like when they're talking about Mumford & Sons, they're playing like Mumford & Sons. Yeah, they're playing a banjo <laughs> and yeah. a kick drum and a tambourine. And it sounds so good. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's really cool. So I think Pop Music 101 and, but yeah, Bang Bang, Blank Space, and actually Dark Horse by Katy Perry. I love Wild, that song. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh. It's quite a, quite a, quite a lot of them. And I think you just have to remain open yeah. to music. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't think anybody should be a snob about like, oh, I don't like this. I don't like that. Like, right. there are different, there are varying styles and grades of music in the same way that there are like varying grades of like chocolate. Like yeah. people like Smarties, but people also like like really good chocolate right. as well. Like, and you know, you just have to be able to appreciate all of it. Yeah, I think. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thanks for being here again, guys. And and I said at the end of the last episode, I ended up. I think I cut it out, but I said last. I said I'll see you next week. But this is a monthly show. Monthly show. <laughs> not doing it every week. So, I mean, if if you want to find. Uh, I mean, this episode is going to be at unwindmedia.com slash feedback. This is episode four, so there are three previous episodes uh, where we went into different aspects of songwriting, different aspects of performing. Uh, I, I, but I love doing this with you guys, so thanks for being here. Oh, thanks so, for hosting. You're so kind. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah. It's always fun. All right. We'll see you guys next month. All right. Bye-bye for now. Bye. Bye.